This is a Zero Talent Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Audible. We have a special link at audibletrial.com slash zero talent. You can go to that and you get a free credit too if you're a Prime member. Uh, Good for any premium selection of titles that you would like. You get access to the Audible Plus catalog for podcasts, audiobooks, guided wellness, and Audible originals. For an entire month, you can listen to those all you want without needing any credits. And it sends a friendly little email reminder before your trial ends. In case you're not satisfied, you can cancel before you get charged. Uh, That being said, it is only $14.95 a month. And uh, every time your payment comes through, you get another credit for another uh, premium title. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Zero Talent Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Brentley Clay. Joining me today is Ethan. Yo, what up, boy? Joe. Hello. And Ray. What is up? I love it. Following last week's episode being an hour and a half long after edits, we're going to try to keep this one short and sweet. Uh, just going to mostly talk about what we've been up to, because you know that's why you're here. You, you love hearing about us. It's also a pretty slow news week as well, so that, that kind of contributes. They don't need to know that part. Eh. It's the secret in the sauce. They're smart. They figure it out. I'm just going to start out since we talked about Starfield so much and I want to make Joe mad right off the bat. Uh, (laughs) The main story to that game is going to be 30 to 40 hours long. Um, That's obviously not counting anything but main story. The game just pisses me off more and more. (laughs) (laughs) I actually, speaking of the game, I earlier this week, I had shown Brent some facts that I saw about it on Reddit. Now, these are kind of cool, but it would be more cool if it was co-op. But, you know, anyway. So I saw this one that there's a bunch of different things that, like, you can, like, choose to start out with. Like, tr- what, what is it called, Brent? Traits? Uh, traits? Yeah, the optional yeah. traits. Players can begin their journey in Starfield from, com- from a comfortable pre-built home on a peaceful planet as long as they don't mind going in depth to the bank. So, like, you get a nice starter house, but you go, on, you go in depth with the bank by, I think, like, 50,000. Yeah, it was 50,000 credits. Yeah, because <laughs> I'd saw that, and then I'd seen something that says Starfield confirmed to have the same stiff facial animations as Oblivion and Skyrim. <laughs> I feel like it's a game that I would love, but now I hate it because it's only single player. Yeah, I, I also think I'm going to hate it, but not because it's single player. I, I probably would enjoy more the single player portion of it. I just think it's too fucking big. It's too big for a single player game. I don't know. I feel like it's the kind of game you can't just sit down and only play it like you have to jump from game to game i bet it'll be a game like that you'll put 50 hours you'll put like one week worth of time in it like all right i'm i need a break i'm gonna go play whatever else just probably came out yeah you know what 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 calls that though it's co-op <laughs> mm. then you guys could go to around the planets i mean i guess but to what you were saying about like the stiff facial expressions I don't know. I, I find Bethesda games to be really charming in kind of how odd the NPC interactions are. Oh, they're definitely strange sometimes, but damn, they make some uh, funny content. I, I don't mind that portion of it. I just think that, you know, when I think about 30 or 40 hours long for the main story, like when I played Cyberpunk, it was like 50 hours for the entire game. And I did, you know, at least 75, 80% of the side quests too. Plus the main story. Or when I think about Elder Scrolls Five, like Skyrim, at 30, 40 hours, like I probably could have beaten the main quest, you know, two or three times. So that's, I don't know, it's got me, got me a little worried that that's just going to be too big with all the planets and, and everything else. I mean, there's certainly a lot of content, but you mentioned uh, Skyrim. I've played that game a lot, and I can tell you that if you, if you really want to, you just go in and do nothing but the main quest. You can finish that in like a solid five or six hours. That's what I'm saying. So like, you know, if that if if that's scaling linearly, that's going to be so much content. And it already feels like sitting down to play through a playthrough of Skyrim. You know, if you're not going to play anything else, you know, you're going to dedicate a couple of weeks to it. Yeah. And the majority of that time is just dicking around, jumping up a mountain instead of taking a clearly marked path. Yeah, and there, I'm sure there's going to be mountains in Starfield. I'm going to dick around. I'm going to try to jump up those mountains. Well, you have a jetpack in that, so. Okay, you're, you're bringing me back around now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
another thing actually that looked really good about it is the um the gunplay. I, I didn't mention this last week because we were trying to squeeze everything in, but the gunplay looks more smooth than any uh, Bethesda game that I've seen to date. Like, why can't it be co-op? That's what I just don't understand. Because they can't make a co-op game work. That's true. true. That's yeah. That's facts. Like, why would we jeopardize? This is this is what they're probably thinking going into it. We could make a co-op. Look at Fallout 76, our bastardized child. Hmm. We should stick to what we know for the first installment. See how well it goes, and then make co-op. Or just hope to God someone makes the mod for it. Uh, I'm fine if they, if they add co-op like later in the road or something, then I'll get it. But I don't know. It just I completely understand if they didn't want to mess up the game because of that. But they maybe if they release a statement, I'll respect it more. If they're like, so we try, we're trying to add co-op, but it just seems like they were too scared to do that, or just didn't want to try to implement that to even give it a shot. Uh okay. So I'm gonna say my reasoning for why I think they did it, and it also is gonna lead me into the next thing about Bethesda because uh, all of this is coming from an interview with Todd Howard uh, with IGN. I think that they got in over their heads with Starfield, promising that it was going to be like such a big game um, and, and all that. So they're kind of scrambling. And the reason I think that is his words exactly in this interview. He confirmed Fallout 5 to be the next game after Elder Scrolls 6, which I mean, that's not too big of a shock. But his words about Elder Scrolls 6 were that it is still in pre-production. So they haven't even fully started working on that game yet. They just made a trailer. <laughs> yeah. Bethesda could kiss my ass. That's, that's ridiculous. Yeah. So I, I, th- I definitely think they got in over their head with Starfield, and they just haven't wanted to admit that to anybody. And they had to devote every team that they have everywhere. Fuck Elder Scrolls. Fuck Fallout updates. Fuck ESO. Yeah. Everything. Go to this. We need helps. Helps? Yes, helps. It's so bad you have to say helps. <laughs> so bad you have to make it plural. A single help won't do it. Exactly. Only plural can save them at this point. That that has kind of st- tainted Starfield for me because, you know, as someone who loves uh, Elder Scrolls and especially actual Fallout, not Fallout seventy six, but real right. honest to God Fallout, someone who loves that, that's just kind of really made me sour because I'm like, okay, so what that tells me is that Starfield by itself has delayed those games by at least a decade. Oh, easily. Yeah, that we'll see them in 2030. Well, I mean, even if we see them in 2025, 2026, those games should have come out in 2015, 2016. I mean, they should have started working on Elder Scrolls 6 rolling off of Fallout 4. Oh, hands down. Elder Scrolls 5 came out, what, 2011? 11, yeah, because it its release date was 11, 11, 11. I don't know when Fallout 4 came out, but... 2015 or 16? 15 or it was late 15, early 16, something like that. I want so to say by that 15. metric, we should have had an Elder Scrolls this year. Yeah. Well, what came out oh, after yeah, four right. was that was that ESO or was ESO between Sky? ESO and came out back four. when we were in high school. I don't yeah. know that I count ESO. 76 came out after four, I'm pretty sure though. It did. I think ESO came out whenever we were in 10th grade. Yeah, I was in 11th, so... Okay, yeah. Yeah, so it was Skyrim, ESO, Fallout 4, Fallout 76, and now Starfield. Yeah, and it should... I I don't know. I mean, even if they wanted to do Starfield, I I get them wanting to branch out into, like, the sci-fi genre since they have fantasy and post-apocalyptic, but maybe devote a smaller team to it for the first game, let let them make, like, uh, its place, and then devote the rest to their already established uh, franchises. Or hire another team, hire more people. Or they go back and let Obsidian make another Fallout. New Vegas 2. <laughs> New Vegas 2. That would be easier and more acceptable because by the time the deal gets through and Microsoft fully owns Bethesda, I don't know if it's already sealed and done yeah, all the do. way through. Oh, then force them. Tell Todd Howard if he does not allow them to make Fallout. You no longer are the CEO of Bethesda. Well, here's the thing. I was actually having this conversation with somebody the other day. It may not be up to Bethesda anymore. Uh, Microsoft owns Bethesda and Obsidian. Yeah, that's my thinking. That's like with uh, 
I, I kind of think it's funny that Bethesda put all this time into Starfield, but let's look at Obsidian, Outer Worlds. That was what got them bought by Microsoft along with their Fallout New Vegas performance in my mind. I mean, I thought I thought what I saw of it, it was good. I didn't play it, though. It was it was good. It, it, it wasn't a Bethesda title. You could tell that they didn't have the people to build. Yeah, they were a pretty small team, right? Yeah, they didn't have the... It was probably about the size of Skyrim. Like, jumping planets and everything. I would give it, like, a full world map of Skyrim. Maybe a little more. Interesting. Uh, last thing I'll say about it. Y'all know what Obsidian's best game is? Not even New Vegas or that? Oh, my God. Well, I feel us. like it's Star Wars. It's Knights of the Old Republic 2. Oh, my I God. <laughs> they made the sequel. I'm going to throw up. On that note. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's really all I got to say about that. We should probably move on from, from that. I could complain about Starfield and Bethesda for a while. We all can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know personally, I'm curious what everybody's been into. We want to go there. Hell yeah. Ray, what, what have you been up to? I have been playing so much of the quarry or query. How is it you're supposed to pronounce that? To the quarry. I think it's the quarry. It depends. Are you talking about a place uh, where they do some excavating, or are you asking a question? A place where they do excavating. Quarry. Quarry. Quarry is a question. Oh. Mm, Whatever. (laughs) But I've been playing that, and I have loved the story of it. And I'm working on an achievement ending so far, and I want to see what happens this time around. Which one are you working on? Uh. Spoiler alert, it is getting everyone infected. Nice. I've got three people so far. Not gonna lie, compared to most other choose-your-own-adventure type ones, that one, I'd say, is the lowest for me. All the options just seemed like it led you to one place, and it was already like predetermined, most of the things, and a lot of things, it seemed like it was very uh, forgiving compared to like Until Dawn or like games like other games like that, to when you choose one wrong opinion, like one wrong decision, you kill a character. I've read nothing but mid to low reviews of it. Yep, completely makes sense. I haven't played it, but I find that most of the time they're pretty linear. I mean... Even when you talk about Life is Strange, which I think is kind of the pinnacle of what made that genre especially popular these days. I mean, that one, if you know the ending, it kind of boils down to one of two decisions. And you really don't have a lot of agency outside of that. Yeah. I mean, like, they give you the option to, like, of course, the end, they can't have, like, 50 different endings. It's mainly just going to go off of, like, oh, this person lived or this person died. Or, like, who made it there and stuff. I mean, I know there's not much you can change about that, but it just seemed like in this one, it was like a lot of your decisions didn't really matter. Like, there's one point to when a character just walks off, but I know in other games, sometimes you would have a chance to, like, choose what you say to where if that character would walk off, but literally it didn't give give you the option. Now, is that affected by an earlier decision? No, No. No. Oh. It's the truth or dare scene. Literally, you have no control yeah. over it, and it just, they do it, and it, it's its 100% something that you should have a, a say in. Like, it should be like, do you want to do this or not? And like, it'll it'll affect the path. Literally has not, you can't, it don't even give you an option to, like, talk at that point. You're just watching. That kind of sucks. Yeah, yeah I, I was baffled at was... that point. Yeah, it was very bad. I, I feel I'm with you on that, but I also think that's also where you get the secondary part, or the first part of your thing of, when you do that part, it's also scripted to force the first thing to happen to show you the uh, what's there uh, attacking the campers. Well, yeah, like I understand the first part, but the the scene at the uh, at the camp literally made it made no sense, and or like sorry at the truth or dare section. Well, th- that's what I'm saying is that they force that to happen to show you what attacks them. Oh well, yeah. Where uh, the character walks off and that happens. That's why either decision sucks. I'm gathering he walks away and then gets attacked by something. It, yes. Yeah, it starts the whole thing, but it's like it could always happen just a little bit later with another character walking off or something like that. But I'd been fine with it if it was like you got a decision earlier on that would have made that character do that. But she's mm-hmm. best friends with the girl that likes the dude in the truth of dare, and she just does it. Just for no reason. Oh. And it was like, why did this happen? 
she does it to prove the point that uh, her her summer fling is just a summer fling. She didn't really want the person. Was one of these girls Wendy Wu? Wendy who? Oh, never mind. Who talking about? <laughs> Yo, that rhymed. <laughs> Brenda's song. <laughs> uh, no. no, she kind of instigated the whole thing. Like she was the one that asked the question. Oh, okay. Not for me. Are you sure? Because every playthrough I've watched, she asks it. I'm fairly sure she instigates it because they bring it up even more later. I had Oman. I made Dylan ask the question. No, because Dylan asked Ryan. Ryan asked Caitlin. Caitlin asked uh, the other girl. This sounds just like high school. I was about to say, I feel like I'm in high school right it, now. It, that's essentially what it is. It basically just like leads to her, but then all of them, you get choices of what to say. Until it gets to this one, it does not give you a choice of what to do. All right, so I, I got to say, this morning, or well, this early afternoon, I actually added the quarry to my wish list. And Joe, you just convinced me to take it out. Yes, I would not waste your money on it. But, you know, Brent saying that Brenda's song is in the game is kind of <laughs> bringing me back around. I don't know. <laughs> if I was you, that. Ethan, I would just get a playthrough of someone online and watch it. Emily, she do, she doesn't play a lot of games, but she watches uh, Julian a whole lot on YouTube, and she was watching him play it. And even she said, for a game like that, it seems like there's not enough options. It seems like he's just watching the story unfold more than interacting with it. And me and her went through uh, Detroit Become Human together. Such a solid game. And where is that on that spectrum? Uh, Detroit Become Human is it's it's one of the better ones. I say Detroit's right underneath Until Dawn for me. Like, Until Dawn's like the pinnacle of all of them, then Detroit become humans right there with it. It's in my wish list, but I didn't know if, like, that was one that you consider really good, or... You or, you said Life is Strange uh, is your favorite, right? Um, I like that, and I like Until Dawn. I mean, I, I really like both of those. Uh, I would say Detroit become human in terms of story is better than both of those. Um, and it plays a lot like Until Dawn in terms of like how much choice you have and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Ethan, I don't I even mean, like yeah. single player games, but I bought that game. <laughs> Tells me all I need to know. Yeah, so, and, I, and I stand behind that purchase. It's not one that I regret. One of my favorite games that I've played. I say you get to wrap up on mine so we can move on to whoever's next. I wish the query would have let you just play the entire game from one person's perspective that you chose. Mm. No, I don't, I don't really like that. I, I would I would say, like, you choose it, but you gotta imagine, you're not gonna see what's happening to everyone else after you've made your decision. That would certainly add a lot of uh, replayability. Yeah, I was thinking for that, like, I would only play, like, maybe two hours for that character, but I'd have every other character to go through and play and see what happened. And they could give you the choice to like keep the progress from your first playthrough, like the picks you chose, and then you go through as the other character and see what you pick affected them in each scenario. Actually, I feel like that'd be fun if they actually done a game like that. I just feel like the whole point in these in those series is to make you like decide the outcome. Honestly, I feel like what Ray was describing would be an absolute banger alternative game mode for any of those games. Oh, I mean, yeah, I, tell you, I feel like they'd definitely be fun to play because especially if you've never played them before or like never played like that game. And so you're going in with one person, you're like slowly figuring things out as it goes. But it also might troll and give you just uh, an AI that's just straight throwing the series. Well, not necessarily. Well, it would be harder to do when the game first comes out, but like uh, Detroit Become Human again, for example, it takes anyone who's connected to the internet and plays, uh, you can see like the highest percentage of like who picked what. So really, once it's been out for a while and it gathers that information, then whoever you're not playing as just goes with whatever the majority of people went with. Or you can have a set canon that or, makes or, yeah. sense. Yeah. I mean, that'd be interesting. I'd definitely play it, because that seems like a very uh, intriguing concept. For sure. You know what? That wouldn't be that hard to code, because honestly, you could do that with text. I mean, you guys should hop on it. I mean, can we also just make a text-based game that's uh, literally like the games you would find in like the 70s or something? Honestly, some of my favorite games are choose-your-own-adventure games that are fully text-based, and I actually play them quite a bit. 
All right, I had to make one in school. I'll see if I can find it, and I'll uh, I'll let us play it. Maybe that could be like a uh, bonus ep- episode on our Patreon. Is us playing through that that I made in college? Fuck it, I can roast you on that. Thanks, man. Hell yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Ray, unless you've been playing anything else, we'll probably move over to Joe. No, I play Destiny too a little bit. Nothing to really mention there because it was like five hours worth. I see. That's a lot for me. It's just not a lot in Destiny terms. No, true. God, no. I have been playing. Um, been doing little grinds on raid. It's kind of hard right now. There's not much to do. <laughs> Just been waiting for like uh, two times events for like uh, raiding stuff to come around. Other than that, just been kind of trying to do dailies and then get off. Um, other than that, I have been grinding my ass off in Destiny 2. Just recently got back into it and Jesus Christ, I'm I forgot just how beautiful the game was. Such good, like, uh, world building for that game. Um, been grinding that, waiting to kind of start playing Apex. I've been getting more and more excited because, uh, next week there is supposed to be a collection event come out for it to where one of my favorite characters that I play is called Valkyrie. You can get her heirloom for the, uh, event that's going to be out. So, most definitely going to be hitting that up. When is that available? Starts the 21st. Oh, nice. Yeah, so... What was that, Monday, I believe? Tuesday. I might hop on there with you. Sweet. Yeah, I'm down. But uh, other than that, I'm pretty sure that's all I've been playing. Yeah. I feel like we should switch these from just what are you playing to just what have you been up to, because I watch a lot more shit than I play at this point. Oh, we're talking about watching. I, I gr- <laughs> This is all Friday. I grinded through almost the whole season three of Stranger Things so I can watch the newest season. Haley and I were yes. wanting to start it. Nice. Yeah. She had, she's already watched like five episodes in because she didn't think I was going to get caught up this quick, but i uh, done all that in a day's worth of work. <laughs> Jesus. I just finished the first episode of season four and got four more to get caught up with Haley. But then other than that, I've just been playing, uh, I play Roblox with a little brother. Nice. Yeah. I, this is actually kind of funny because, uh, He's been playing uh, this game on there on Roblox called Adopt Me. It's just kind of like a simulator to where you get pets and like get higher tiers of pets and like you trade them. Dude, he goes in the chats and start act- starts acting like me whenever I used to play. Um, We're what was No, what was the game? What was the MMO I used to like barter in like crazy? And I was very good at bartering. I, I know what it is, but I'm going to make you earn it. I'm just going to wait a second. Defiance. There we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I used to like barter like crazy in that game. Whenever I see him on that Roblox game, he's like just sitting there like looking up like, hmm, and he's, he's like, I don't think this is a good deal. And like just going back and forth with him. And it's like, it's the funniest thing to watch. Just like, hey, I remember those days. Yeah, it sounds like some RuneScape economy shit. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. They just barter nonstop on there. You know, it's getting pretty good at, uh, good at it too. Like knowing what to trade for and whatnot too. I mean, he's named after a legend, so. True. Facts. That's where. That's actually who they named them after. Are you serious? Yeah, all they do. Her family absolutely loves Star Wars. Whenever I was there, oh, they have all so kinds cool. of like Star Wars stuff all over the house. Wait, what's their name? So they're named after a legend. Uh, yeah, his uh, her little brother's name's Ewan, named after Ewan McGregor. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They love Star Wars, so I'm pr- I'm pretty sure that's who he was named after. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, unless unless you've been up to anything else, uh, what what about you, Ethan? Uh, yeah, I've got a few things. Uh, got some game stuff and some non game stuff. Uh, as far as game stuff goes, mostly been playing a lot of Siege this week. So I made the dive back into Rainbow Six Siege, and that was unfortunate because I think yesterday, when I, which is a lot of when I played, I got on about a six game loss streak in ranked. So Oof. those, those placements were pretty rough. Yeah, so I, I used to be quite good at the game. I was gold when I stopped playing like a year ago. And then I back in and I just got my placement games finished this morning and I'm bronze too. That's going to be rough. That was that was a little bit of a blow to my ego there. Hey, at least you'll be in bronze lobbies. Well, I was going to say, did you take it on purpose so you could play? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm bad. <laughs> they changed the maps up on me and I didn't realize and... So like they changed the maps and you got new operators. My aim's worse because I'm getting old. <laughs> How old are you? I'm almost 27, bro. I mean, that's like yeah, that's 72 backward. You're you're right. Fuck. Might as well stop playing video games, Jesus. Sometimes I feel that way. I watch these kids play. 
these kids. <laughs> so, so, some of these games, I'm like, how are you doing that? I've been playing games all my life. I've never been good as this 11-year-old. Years are catching up to you. They really are. My, my reaction time has gotten piss poor. I'll just throw that out there. I believe my reaction time got worse, not from age, but because I'm not actively playing baseball anymore. You know, I, maybe, but like, I'm doing sword fighting. You're talking about like minute reaction times, but it's, it's, it's not good. It's not good for games or sword fighting. <laughs> I would imagine not. <laughs> got poked twice before he reacted. That was before the sword fighting. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, speaking of sword fighting, I did go to a, uh, a sword demonstration that my uh, sword school put on at like a local community center. So it was fun getting to watch uh, a lot of the better guys spar it out with a long sword and side sword, which is what I do. And, uh, some of the other weapons even at the end they had a couple of guys fighting with daggers and that solidified my opinion that no one wins in a knife fight yo i kind of want to watch dudes duke it out with daggers sounds interesting they might have recorded it and if they did i'll uh i'll send it to you but it's pretty much wrestling but the person who gets the edge gets to stab the other person while probably also getting stabbed by the other person nice yeah but uh no, other than that, I've been watching The Boys Season 3, which is pretty incredible if you like The Boys. I need to get caught up on that. I've never watched it. It's so good. You should. L- let me sell you on The Boys. If you like Marvel, but always thought, you know, maybe maybe they need to swear more like in Deadpool. But also, you want to see that in actual real life, superheroes wouldn't be all goody goody and that most of them would be assholes because any human being who gets a lot of power becomes a narcissistic asshole you might like the boys <laughs> that that should be their pitch yeah that was pretty good do, do you work on their ad team no but i should dag on it so they're like if all of them were anti-heroes well some of them's villains but some of the most fucked up things that i've seen in a show has come from the boys <laughs> yeah true very true. I've heard some stuff, but uh, I, I I won't say anything for spoiler purposes. No, no, I it, I, I don't want to spoil anything. But if you want to see, you know, messed up things happen to people, as far as you know, like gore or just I don't know, give it a shot. Watch the first episode. By by the end of the second episode, you will know if you will enjoy the boys because it starts strong and then it keeps going. Fair enough. No, that's it for me. All right. Well, I guess uh, I guess that's me. I'm the only one left. Uh, no shit. <laughs> no, I mean I haven't really been playing too much. Uh I played I played Rainbow Six with you guys and I was struggling really bad. That that was kind of fun. Other than that, uh I've mostly been watching uh Desperate Housewives with Emily. Fucking love that show. And I started this forever ago, but I've been trying to get her to watch all the Star Wars movies and we just watched uh Attack of the Clones last night. Oh, so that means she's coming up on number three. Yeah, I... Uh, Which is probably the best Star Wars, in my opinion. Yeah, I was going to say, it's it's my turn for the hot take this week, but this might be one. I think three is my favorite Star Wars movie. I I agree. I don't think it's the best Star Wars movie, but I think it's my favorite Star Wars movie, if that makes sense. Mm, I would go as far as to say that it's the best. I really like four and five. Like, I think that technically and just story-wise like those are those are really solid yeah and three has its moments where you're kind of like rolling your eyes a little bit but otherwise i I think it is probably the most enjoyable star wars i'm all into like the cheesiness aspect of it um i can admit however like you said four and five what they did with those at the time that they were released is absolutely incredible what did they do you probably wouldn't notice this, but a lot of the background stuff is just really well painted um, things with like little action figures in front of it. Yeah, a lot of miniature work. Yeah, a whole lot of miniature work. And it, it looks so much better doing it that way than if they would have tried literally anything else. Oh, OK. Yeah, or just the idea of coming up with this grand adventure space opera western sword showdown. It's just a wild concept for the 70s. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I said this before whenever we were doing our top five, uh, our top five games, I should say. The reason I typically like the first game in a series or even the first movie in a series more is 
I feel like it's much more impressive to come up with something out of nothing than it is to build on something that's already there. Yeah, for sure. Oh, that's understandable, especially for something like Star Wars. But anyway, yeah, so just to clarify, this has been going on for a while. Uh, it didn't take us that long to get through one and two. Uh, we watched them four, five, six, and then one and two. Is, are you going to have her watch the sequels? Uh, she wants to watch them, and I have a really bad feeling that they're going to be her favorites. <laughs> but that depends. Does she have a big crush on, uh, what's his name? Dude, I got a crush on Adam Driver. I mean, yeah, but like he is like one of the only things that saves that movie. Seriously. Yeah, I mean, he he carries the whole uh, sequel trilogy easily. But I just I don't know. I am not a fan of them. I think most of the stuff that Disney has done, if not everything, is absolute garbage. Yo, I've heard Kenobi's a banger. Kenobi's good, but I feel like the production budget was pretty low. There is one scene in particular that I'm thinking about where. Without giving anything away, someone's in like a snow speeder from episode five that they use to take down the AT-ATs. It looks like someone is using one of those minis from, you know, the original trilogy, and they're just floating it in front of a green screen. It just it doesn't match the rest of the scene. Well, I, I'm, I'm going to refute your thought on Disney Star Wars being bad. Now, all the sequels, I will say, have been really bad, but Rogue One, probably my favorite Star Wars movie. Disney didn't own them yet, did they? I thought they did. Maybe I'm wrong. But I also like the Solo movie, too. So, Oh, I loved Solo, but I think that that was a little biased because it had Donald Glover. But it had Donald Glover. Exactly. So it was good. Sorry, sorry. Uh, I'm going to change the subject myself. I- I'm going gonna- I'm gonna to control myself and not talk about Star Wars. Yep, you're officially cut off. I'm fairly positive I've brought it up at least once in every podcast episode that we put out. <laughs> yep. I think you have. (laughs) Sorry. Other than watching that, though, I've been doing a lot of editing. Uh, I have our videos ready for Monday and Friday. And Wednesday. And Wednesday, but you you did that one. That's a solo video. (laughs) I did do that one, but shout-outs to me. Pog? Um, I mean, that's, that's really all that I've been up to, and I don't think there's too much else, really, that we need to mention, other than... Joe, uh, Dragon's Dogma 2 was officially announced, and it's using the same Capcom's RE engine. It's the same engine that they used for Resident Evil 7 and 8. Ooh. Do those games look good? I haven't actually played those ones or, like, watched stuff on them. 8 looked incredible. Yeah. I, oh, Sweet. I bought 8 and played it for the first time. I forgot all about that. What, what do you think of Resident Evil 8? Uh, taking it out of context and just as a Resident Evil game, it is phenomenal. It, it being a sequel to Seven, because I despise Seven with every. Oh, I despise Seven too. That's why I'm curious. Yeah, it, it's in all honesty, the story. It's kind of thrown me off so far because I'm still trying to piece it all together because it's kind of just odd. But the gameplay and the actual horror aspect of Resident Evil Eight is definitely there. I love it, and I can't wait for them to do the Mercenaries mode and release the third-person uh, ability for the game. Yeah. Shout-outs to Resident Evil 8. Fuck Resident Evil 7. Yeah. What was Resident Evil 8 called? Was that Village? Resident Evil Village. Yeah. Okay, yeah. My theory for what 9 is going to be called is Resident Evil Phoenix, because the IX would make the 9, and a character that you think is dead is going to come back. Ooh, that's juicy. I have a feeling of the character too. Yeah, I just I just wanted to be on the record. I've said it before, but and officialized. So um, I have a piece of news that I thought about uh, while we were recording this podcast. Oh, okay. Good announcement for anyone who enjoys speedruns. I know I do. I don't know if any of you guys do, but SGDQ Summer Games Done Quick actually starts a week from this recording, so June twenty sixth onward for. Uh, you know, six or seven days, it's going to be nothing but speedruns on their Twitch channel, raising money for charity. So be sure to check that out. Uh, I will check it out. I would be... I don't know if anyone would necessarily watch it uh, on our YouTube channel, but I'm really proud of my Halo 1 speedrun time on Legendary. Uh, there's an achievement to do it in under three hours, and I was going for that. But I did it in under one hour. That's pretty sick. Nice. Now, granted, that is using 
a hell of a lot of like clipping through walls and getting hit by an enemy in a certain spot that like knocks you through to the end of the level. But you know, you got to do what you got to do. Welcome to speedruns. Yeah. I saw someone do that of uh, Elden Ring and it was crazy because like they had some kind of like dude crazy like frame thing to like where they line up a certain amount of pictures on the screen and it like launches them forward. They're so cool. Yeah, Elden Ring's down to what, like 10 minutes or something? Jesus, seriously? Yeah, it's down, to, it's down to a crazy low number. Holy shit. You can, like, clip yourself across the map and, like, behind bosses. I think you only really have to fight the last boss. From what I saw, you don't even have to fight him. I was gonna say, is it a full-on fight? Like, where you have to actually dodge and, like, you're level one doing whatever, or? Not really. I think you, uh, I think you basically, the way that it loads in, it's, like, stuck. Oh, so he's just standing there? I think so. I, I... Speedruns change so quickly, and especially for Elden Ring, it was changing so quickly. That information's like two months old, so I don't know where the speedrun stands now. Like three seconds, as soon as you load in, you beat the game. Yes. Like uh, like the Mario speedrun, where the dude was literally helped by a uh, particle in space that just happened to like fuck with his system in the right way. <laughs> like, that's, that's not me making something up. That actually no, happens. I, I know what you're talking about. What is it? I don't... Uh, he was doing a Mario speedrun, and uh, I think it was like a comet was going by. So, some weird shit was going on where it interacted with his system in a way that caused it to like kind of skip for a second at just the right time when he was trying to make a jump, and it got him through, and like normally you wouldn't be able to make that jump. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, obviously not planned. It was just like the dude uh, was smiled on by the fates that day yeah i wanted to mention uh sgdq because i've i've been following them for i don't know six or seven years now and i'm a big speedrun fan and uh i think eventually i would like to have a podcast episode where we dive in a little deeper into some speed runs and stuff like that but uh i definitely thought it was worth mentioning anyway uh another weird thing that i want to mention before we go into my hot take there's a Gran Turismo movie being made that's coming out in 2023, and it's directed by Neil Blomkamp. Who's Neil Blomkamp? Uh, he did District 9. Huh. I'm intrigued, sort of. Gran Turismo? I mean, it's a racing game. Like, Yeah, that's what, that's what, that's what I was about to ask, because I knew that it was a racing game, but is there? Is, don't you just street race? I mean, there, as far as I know, there's no story. It's just, it's not even street racing. It's, uh, it's like track racing. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's intriguing. It. Can't be worse than Need for Speed or Final or uh, Fast and Furious. Man, me and Joe were talking shit about the Dragon Ball movie, Dragon Ball Evolution. Dear God, that was <laughs> on a whole other level. But that one's almost so bad it's good. There's literally a scene where uh, the guy that plays Goku does a break dancing move on top of a car to like dodge a dude and, instead of fighting him. Dude, it's like the whoever directed that movie watched the trailer to Dragon Ball and was like, all right, I pretty much know it all. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. There's a green dude, a dude with spiky hair at one point that turns golden. We got this. <laughs> the only good thing about that movie was who played Bulma. Who was Bulma? Who was that? Uh, it was the girl who I don't remember her name, but uh, was the main girl in Shameless. Oh, uh, Emmy Rossum. I knew you would know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm all about Emmy Rossum. Yeah, she played Bulma. Ooh. You know, I actually used to listen to Emmy Rossum's music before she was in Shameless. Really? Yeah, I don't have anything else to say on that. It's just, you know, fun little factoid. I mean, fair. I, I didn't even know she did that. But uh, let's, let's go to my actual hot take. And that's actually kind of riding off of Joe's hot take from last week. I think, personally, that loot boxes have completely destroyed gaming. Because developers are just out there looking for looking for the quickest way to, to make money. There's no passion left in game development. And I, I think that is directly linked to live service games and loot boxes. Cap. Straight cap. I feel like... I'm fully against this just because I feel like they have... They, they've expanded gaming... And they've even opened it up to more of an audience. Like, not, we'll say not specifically loot boxes, but like loot boxes have caused some games to just be free. So, people that couldn't afford it or something like that, whenever games have come out, you have like a whole other like selection of games that have come out now because of loot boxes to where 
sure, if you want to get the stuff, you could spend the money or you can grind in game. But usually, most games that have been coming out with loot boxes are free. That's true. Okay. Okay. No, I, I see what you're saying, but I, I think I think you're missing my point. It's not that it made it. I, I mean, I, I can admit that yes, it made it more available to people, but it removed the passion. Like, when's the last time you played a game that you were like? wow, that was a tremendous experience. Like, that story moved me. Or, like, you felt connected to characters. For AAA games, I see you, but I think indie games are a little different. Yeah, I to, I think what ruined that is kind of like Battle Royales to begin with, because, I mean, people stopped doing a lot of story, and then kind of just COD got greedy because it's COD. I mean, they released, what, two whole games without a campaign? Yeah, so I think it was just, I think no matter what, though, no, like, where we hit, because, like, whenever Fortnite released, it just, like, was adding more and more to it and just was making so much money that companies wanted to copy that or make their own Battle Royale, hopefully, hoping it would pop off. I think the ba- Battle Royales, like, the beginning of those is what caused uh, stories to decline, and then developers just got used to having to make a story once a season for the battle pass or for, sorry for battle royales yeah i mean that's what i think about it i mean i guess that's fair ethan what, what were you going to say about indie games well i was, I was just going to say i think that I, I can see what you're saying about triple a games not having a lot of passion especially of late but i think that you know if if you play a lot of indie games there are still a lot of very passion-filled indie games like for example the the game that I'm playing right now, which is Grim's Hollow, is full of passion. You should check it out on our YouTube channel. Shameless plug. Nice plug. There is a new episode available to listen to at 3 p.m. today if you're listening to the podcast the day it was released. Hey. But uh, anyway, uh, I'm curious, Ray, where do you fall on it? I think everybody knows where Joe falls on this. I, I'm, I'm with Brent on it if I'm just going to be blunt about it on that point. But there are some good parts to like what Joe was saying but it also depends on how well they do it. It's hard to find a game that has a loot box system that actually blocks you off from being able to play. No, none of them really block you off. No, I mean, it's, I'm not even talking about that necessarily. I just, it seems more like the developers are phoning it in than, than anything. No, I'll go with that. They just want to, what's the quickest way they can make a dollar? Oh, let's put all these basic skins out there. And here's a loot box for it. Or if we want to roll it back to the last week's hot take and be more oddball about it, they could have the advanced warfare aspect of it and be like, well, if you want to be good, you got to spend money till you get the obsidian steam from the game or you're just going to get shit on nine times out of ten. Yeah, but see, to help my theory even more or my statement even more is, yeah, sure, advanced warfare came out probably the worst crate system in existence. but I'll tell you what, that COD campaign for Advanced Warfare was really good. I really enjoyed Advanced Warfare's campaign. Despised it. I thought it was so good. I, I didn't like the j- jump pack things. Yeah, I, I literally hated it so much, I couldn't make myself play it. But that was also falls into the campaign aspect of why I think they stopped making them. is partially due to Battle Royales, like Joe said. But also, they looked at the statistics for the playtime. No one was playing campaign anymore. They was all just like, all right, I got COD. I don't fucking care. I'm just going to go play with my friends on multiplayer. Or I'm going to go play with my friends on zombies. That's because I feel like this also goes back, I think even more than just last week, how Brent says he wishes that they would add more stuff to where like, you do the campaign, you get an armor or something specific that you can only get in that. I love that. And they stopped just giving you rewards for just doing the campaign. And then they put them in loot boxes. But I mean, I don't think it was to add specifically to loot boxes. It was just, I feel like they, they probably just saw the numbers dropping off from campaign because there's already not that many COD fans that played the campaign most of the time. No, I would say that uh, loot boxes and getting stuff like that definitely is the leading factor in getting rid of uh, incentives to like complete a milestone and get a special item. Yeah, because when, when was the last time anyone cared? Of excluding Brent from this <laughs> one. Because I know you care about getting the achievements. Oh, obviously, yeah. And that, that ruined the achievements. Like, oh, if you would get the achievement for downing a helicopter with a Molotov cocktail in the campaign, you got a special campaign, or like an armor or like an emblem or something from that achievement. 
since people stopped caring about those, they stopped caring about finishing the campaigns and getting those special items that you would get. So if I can jump in here, I kind of want to go a little bit of a different route. Okay. So I'm also going to fall a little bit on, not necessarily Joe's side, but not on Brent's side, but for a slightly different reason, I'm going to go a little bit meta and say that I agree that video game developers are absolutely foaming it in for the AAA titles and that they have very little incentive other than profits to do anything whatsoever. There's no passion left in most of the game development, but I'm going to argue that that has nothing to do with loot boxes and just everything to do with pretty much any established money-making medium, whether it be video games, movies, television show, social media, YouTube, whatever. Once it's around for a little bit and people catch on that you can make a fair amount of money, I think that that's when you start getting the lack of passion and you start getting the what is the min to max dollars I can get for effort that I put in. Yeah, I can see that. I think once that happens, uh, the market is definitely flooded with people trying to do that. And the ones who are passionate about it kind of get pushed to the side. Yeah, because, I mean, it just so happens that in this case, loot boxes uh, are how that is being showed. But I think that if no one even came up with loot boxes, you would see something similar, like, for example, a League of Legends based uh, monetary system where you've got you know, the game is free, but they make all their money on direct cosmetic purchases Yeah, with in-game points, which is also, you could argue, could be scummy or isn't scummy, you know, whatever. But uh, I think that a lot of games would just fall under that route, or they would have a more pay-to-win route like you have for mobile games that aren't loot boxy or games like World of Tanks. Because uh, World of Tanks doesn't have really any loot boxes, but it's one of the most pay-to-win pieces of garbage on the planet. Oh, yeah. Now, I, I, I can agree with you on that point, but I do want to say something about how you mentioned indie games earlier before we deliver our final votes as to whether or not we agree with me. Um, yes, th- there is a tremendous amount of passion that goes into indie games, but the, the sad truth to that is nine times out of ten, People don't get to experience those games because they just don't have the resources to advertise for it. It's like a one in a million shot for it to take off and become kind of like a a cult classic, I guess would be the best way to describe it. So a lot of that goes unseen unless they sell out to a major studio. And at that point, yeah, that one game that they release might still have passion. But then they're at the whim of the studio and it all gets thrown away uh, in any sequel that comes after. I can see that. I don't play enough indie games to like, no. There's some gems out there, but you just, you don't hear about them. Yeah. And indie games are generally like, they're a little less polished. So you might have to go through three or four indie games to find a good one. Oh, yeah. But the ones that are good are easily as good as the AAA titles, but actually with some passion. It's like a needle in a haystack situation, though. Can be. Oh, Phoenix Point, I think is the name of it. It's like a RTS XCOM, but it's literally the other half of XCOM that I guess broke away from the original Fire Axis team. Oh, so it's like the developers that like kind of left and started their own thing. Yeah, they left, built it. I bought it back when it was just them. I ne- I just happened to find the gym and then they got bought out by Epic so they could actually finish the game. Because they they literally stated that they didn't want to have like a big triple A name trying to control what they want to do with the game, but then I guess they just ran out of money. That that's the biggest thing. They run out of money, and I can guarantee you that as soon as they were bought out by Epic or Epic gave them like any sort of compensation to support it, they started having to make a little bit of changes at the very least just to try to meet uh, their standards. Some things did change quickly. Oh, okay. So that that kind of supports what I was saying. I'm curious with all of that being said, where everyone finally lands on this. I'm a land against. I'm with you, Brent. Hell yeah. I got to be against on this one. Damn. Yes. Two two. Two and two. Not too bad. Not not because I think you're wrong, but because I think the cause of what you're saying is wrong. 
but still against. I mean, yeah, I don't think he's wrong. The, the main focus, the main focus was that there's no more passion. Uh, sure, may, maybe my reasoning might have been wrong, but that that was my main focus. The passion is most definitely went down. It's more, more went into the more side of like the co-op period. Uh, the not co-op, sorry, not co-op. The multiplayer, the PvP aspect of games. Well, see, the passion is too cold of a take. The hot take was the loot box part. And yeah, I yeah, got, I got to be against yeah. you on yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. that's Fair what enough. I, mean, I was against with. So. Yeah, I guess uh, to answer an earlier question before we end this, uh, the last game that I actually played in terms of when it was released that affected me in terms of like, wow, that was such a great game was probably like OG Bioshock. Last of Us. Uh, Cyberpunk. Oh my god. I love Cyberpunk, dude. I'll probably say Detroit. Detroit was good. Oh wait, no. Elden Ring. Ah, fuck. Okay, Elden Ring was Uh, really good. Oh yeah, that was right, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I get fucked. Fuck you, it's getting cut. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Sticking with The Last of Us. All right, well, I want to keep this one pretty short, so I, I figure we'll probably wrap it up. Well, it's been real. Goodbye. Deuces. CTF in. Goodbye. Thank you all for listening. This is the end of our episode. I'd just like to do some quick plugs before you all leave. You can find all of our content on our website, zerotalent.net, where you also have the ability to make an account and interact with us or other fans in the forums. You can also do this by following our subreddit, r slash zerotalentproductions. Or if you prefer watching on YouTube, you can find our channel there by searching Zero Talent, filtering by channel, and then looking for the broken crown you all know and love. You can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Zero Talent Productions, where we have various subscription tiers for you to unlock something extra with each one. Thank you all again for listening. Ta-ta for now. That was the Zero Talent Podcast.